0: Gone through three different facets that I think are very important for us to to kind of grab a hold of if we want to parent for success and and this week I, 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 my son who, who led worship today some of you guys don't know but uh, James is my son and, and we had a a, a real tr- uh, um, just a crisis and a death in the family that really kicked us pretty hard a uh, good uh, very close relative. Um, ended up taking his life, and it kind of hit everybody out of nowhere because we never dreamt that, someone, that he would do something like that. And, and none, nobody ever thinks that, right? So it, it really kind of shook us up. And then I did a funeral uh, for another young man uh, that went to school with my kids uh, on Friday who, who died in a car accident recently, and we had a full house of unchurched uh, individuals, people that probably don't frequent church, and uh, we were able to, to minister uh, to over you know three hundred people uh, in in the service, and so when when death hits uh, it 's always troubling and it's uh, it 's never easy we all we all know that you know and but we have hope in Jesus right we have, as Christians, we look at it a lot differently and and so we try to bring that equate that to to other people that don 't have that hope so that and um just the reality of uh, just turning on the news and you hear uh, so much chaos and anger and uncivility. You know, there's, people are not civil and arguments and on, on the news and, and, and just uh, what happened in Charlottesville. And all of these things, all this hatred and all this... This yucky stuff. It just kind of disheartens us, right? As people in general. um, Not just only as, uh, as Christians, but as people. And I started thinking about, maybe thinking, praying, you know, Lord, I know we're a voice. I know we're a voice. God's people are a voice. Not only a voice, but a presence. You know, where we go, uh, the, the Holy Spirit goes with us. Where we go, God goes with us. And so people have a sense of peace. They have a sense of, uh, of, of, of uh, civility, uh, a sense of order and structure that, that can come with us as God's ambassadors, right? And so I want to end the last... Sermon of this series with the title that there's a need for discipline i don 't know if I 'm real hot, Kenny or something i 'm just maybe maybe just lower me bro um, there's a there's a need for discipline in 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 all over our society, and what you find. Uh, Is that if there's not discipline, and if you've ever had an undisciplined life when you were outside of Christ, the story about Lada is a perfect example. Before Christ, she had no no structure, no order, no discipline. It was broken, right? And 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 her life portrayed that. You know, there's 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 just no respect. There's no there's no um, there's no kind of a, a a purposeful structured life, and, and, and when that happens, beloved, when that happens, and I believe it happens in, ho- in homes, this is where it starts, and that's why it's so important that we're doing this series on parenting for success, when, because the way that families are is the way that our society is. Our society will tell us how our families are. Are you with me? If there's no respect in the school, it's because there's no respect at home. If there's respect at home, it'll carry on into the school. If there's no respect in the school, it's going to carry on into, into civil government. If, those, if there's no respect in civil government, it's going to carry in on, on into every action that takes place. And before you know it, instead of you having peace, you have chaos. And I don't know if, you, if you've seen this, but there's, there's chaos in our world. there's chaos in our society. There's chaos in our schools. I mentioned this uh, 10 years ago that, that uh, I'll never forget. You know I, 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 I met with a, an educator, and uh, it was longer than 10 years ago, but I met with an educator who had taught in the, in the school system for over uh, 25 years. And I said, what's the difference in your, in your teaching today from when you, when you first started? And she said, that, that's an easy answer. She said, when I first started teaching, I dealt with 80% educational issues and 20% social issues. In other words, things that were coming in from family or outside. She says, now I deal with 80% social issues in my children and 20% educational in other words, I was, she's dealing with so much uh, chaos in, 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 in kids' lives and in their homes and, and all of these things that they're bringing into the school. That before you get to educating them, you have to emotionally and, uh, and physically and, and, and spiritually get them to a place where they can even be educated. That was her response. So we get to this place, and, uh, and we, there's a need for discipline. And, and discipline, let's, let's, let's see what that word means. Discipline means the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. Everyone has a spoken or unspoken code of behavior even in your homes, right? And you you do this you 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 make discipline happen using uh, punishment to correct disobedience and and sometimes we think punishment oh are you going to beat them it's it's that's not the that's not the term there it's actually correcting someone from going in the wrong direction right there's not a parent alive that doesn't want their children to behave think about the first trip to the store when you tell your child no about them purchasing that toy that they want so bad and you say no and they throw the biggest tantrum you've ever seen and you are so embarrassed because there they are saying I want it Ah!" you're like no you're trying to be civil about it right and and You, you, you say something like, you need to behave, and, it, and, and be, you, you say it really in a, in, in a soft voice, you need to behave, right? You need to behave. Don't be throwing that. Don't be doing that. And before you know it, you scream, and their tantrum gets louder and louder, and it, it, it teaches us that there's, there's, there's a need for discipline. There's a need for discipline. Discipline. You know, I, we, we've heard three different sermons, and uh, this one is just as important. There's a need for discipline. There's a need for correction. There's a need when someone's going the wrong way for us to bring them to the right way. Because an undisciplined child turns out to be an undisciplined adult. In fact, there's there's adults that have never stopped having tantrums. Just look at Facebook. Really. Some of the things that people put on Facebook, it's like, come on. That's not a place to vent. That's not a place, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, that's a place that you can bring up A lot of disunity. You can bring a lot of chaos. You can bring a lot of hurt. And the answer to our dilemma is not criticism, and I'm not here to criticize. The answer to our dilemma is not criticism. The answer to our dilemma is Jesus. The answer to our problem is in God's word. Everything we need to know is here. The problem with us is we have the word of God, but we also need the empowerment of God to walk it out. And he is the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He, he, he works inside of us, and he produces something that we can't produce in our own, in our own ability. He does things that we can't, that we can't muster up. And, and <clears throat> I want us to go to... Um, I want us to go, as our, as our uh, memory verse for, for this week, our, our Bible memory verse, uh, it's going to be Ephesians 6.4. And from that uh, text, it's going to help us uh, greatly to kind of understand what, what, what God calls us to do. And, it, and the Bible says right there, fathers, and, and it's crazy because in the, in the original text, that could be parents. But fathers play a big, 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 big role in parenting. Dads, you need to know that. Fathers play a big, big, big role in parenting. And it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Or another translation says, do not exasperate your children. But raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Can, can we say that together, all of us together? Just, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now let's say it one more time, like we mean it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now there's two benchmarks there. There's two very important things that I was I was kind of. Just looking at all of these important nuggets in that in that scripture, there's two benchmarks. The first one it says, "Do not exasperate. Do not do not uh, 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 provoke your, your children to anger. Do not exasperate." So that's a benchmark right there. We don't ever want to go there, and if we do, we want to apologize. We want to say, "Lord, uh, uh, Father, first of all, forgive me," but also, children, forgive me. So you can talk to your kids and say, I, I, "I've I've led you." I always think about exasperate is taking someone to the end of the rope. You've taken them to the end of their rope. They don't have any more. They can't, they can't take any more. When someone commits suicide, they're at the end of their rope, okay? They're at the end of the place, that they, and they just think there's no hope. But there is hope. There's hope. There's, there's Jesus, right? So the first benchmark is do not exasperate. Uh, and the, the other side is that we need to discipline. We need to disciple with instruction, with, with training, and that comes from the Lord. So those are the two benchmarks. And from that, I want to, um, I want to bring three points. I'm going to call them uh, parenting for success discipline points. So if you're here, uh, this is important because there are, so, there are different kinds of parenting. There are the parents in here that you're a, you're a grace parent. It's, everything is about grace. You know, Don't be so hard on them. Don't be so hard on them. And then there's the parents that are hard. And somewhere in the middle is where we all need to come to a place, right? And those of us that might be grace, we might be a lot more lenient, we need to learn a little bit from the ones that are sometimes take a stand, right? And then the ones that sometimes take a stand, those, that, that parent that says, you know what, I'm not budging, this is the way it is, sometimes we need to, take a stand, we need to, to learn from those that give a lot of leniency, amen? Somewhere in the middle, We find the benchmark. We find God. We find where the Lord directs us. And we need to all know this as we start. There is no perfect parent except for God. He's a good, good father. Jesus is our model. So there's no condemnation here. It's just just really grabbing a hold of, Lord, how can you help us to implement this into our own lives and, uh, and into our kid's life. Because remember, uh, undisciplined child becomes an undisciplined adult. And so the first, the first point is, is this. God calls us to practice patience. God calls us to practice patience. One of the things about Ephesians and, the, and this, uh, this chapter if you look at the historical context, if you look at where Paul is writing in that day to the people that are receiving the letter, they're living in a world where men treated, husbands treated their wives like a piece of, of, of material. They could divorce them at any reason. And that's why he says in, in the first part, he says, you know, uh, husbands, love your wives. First, he says, wives... Respect your husbands because your, your husbands need respect. And he, and it's another sermon, by the way. And then husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Right? And that's the whole context right here. And then he gets to this place. And then right before it, he says, children, obey your parents because it's a pr- it comes with a promise. You'll live a long life. You'll live a good life if you obey your parents. But it's completely contrary to what the, his world. It's completely contrary to what they were living, to what they were grown in. It's important to us to understand that because that's exactly where we are today. We're in a world, we're in a society that is completely contrary to what the Lord says. And instead of practicing patience with our children, the father's... Could do whatever they wanted with them. They could beat them. They could abuse them. They started working at a very young age. They did things that we would think impo- that that we would think. What, that, how could that happen? That's exactly what was going on there. And so, it says, practice patience. Um, and, and one of the things that stands out to me is is in 2 Peter three nine. It helps us to understand the character of God. In, in 2 Peter 3.9, Peter writes, he says, The Lord is patient. And that whole context in there is that um, it, it's saying that it's not slow, he's not slow about his promises and the promise that he's talking about. He's not slow about the return of Jesus. It's not, he, he says, The Lord is patient. That's why we have not seen him return, because he does not want any person. To perish now let's take that into what we're talking about today. So God wants us to be patient because He doesn't want any child to perish. God wants us to be patient because He doesn't want any child to perish. Fathers do not provoke your children to anger. And how many of us have had a parent who's told us something over? and over and over and over. And I see teenagers, I see kids looking at their moms and their dads, and over and over. I get it. I get it. And how many of us have had parents, or how many of us have been parents, that we get into this trap of saying things over and over and over? And we exasperate, or we've been exasperated. We're, we're led to the place where we're at the end of our rope. And one of the greatest tools that I believe we can have as parents is the practice of patience. And hear me now, because you, might, you may be in here and say, I'm not even a parent. One of the greatest tools that you can have as an employee or an employer is patience. Our kids and our teenagers, they need our patience. And we can get this so, so, so mixed up. We can get this so twisted. You know, as parents, and I've done this, and the Lord really showed me something as I was putting this together. How many of us have cried out to God and say, I need more patience. I need more patience. Lord, give me Patience. Give me patience with this individual that I'm dealing with. Give me patience with my wife. Give me patience with my children. <laughs> but if you're a Christian, you don't need more patience because the Holy Spirit's already in you. He's giving you everything you need. The Holy Spirit bears fruit in us. What we need to do is practice patience we need to activate patience and can i tell you something it's not me that needs patience it's my children who need patience from me i hope you can grab a hold of that it's not me if i if, I, if i'm a believer if i'm a child of god if i'm a and i'm a parent i don't need patience i have it i have love I have joy. I have peace. I don't have to say, Lord, give me peace. I have it. The Holy Spirit is in me. He's working in me. He's working through me. In fact, his joy, I can't manufacture his love. I can't manufacture his peace, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his self-control. I cannot manufacture it. It is mine because he's with me and he's in me. But I can practice it. I can activate it. I can take a choice to be patient. I don't need patience. I have it. My kids need patience for me. We get it so skewed. We get it like, I need patience for them. No, you have patience for them. The Lord is patient. And the Lord dwells in me because of my faith in Christ. How many of you guys are freaking out? That's truth. That's truth. You have patience if you are a child of God. Same thing as you have worship if you're a child of God. You might not activate the worship, but you have it. Have you ever thought about it? You know, how how do we worship God? How do we say I love him? We say it. Lord, help me to say I love you. Uh, you just said it, but I'll just take, uh, help me, away. will Hel- wait. Help, help me to say I love you, Lord. Hel- help me. Help. He, he already has. Just say it, Lord, I love you. Help me to love my wife. No, you, you actually can. Just choose to love her. Just begin to say, hey, I love you. Instead of saying I hate her, begin to say I love you. Instead of saying I, I, can't, live with, I can't live with her, say I can't live without her. Add another word. Amen? I can't do this? Yes, you can, because God is with you. I'm not able to, to, this country's a mess, no, 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 this country's a mess, except God's here, in us. This work situation is beyond me, well, it's not beyond God. This kid that I have, Lord, that you gave me, I gave you to your parents too, and they said the same thing, but it's time to change, it's time to change the verbiage. It's time for you to change the verbiage. It's time for you to change the way you're thinking. It's try, it's try, you need to stop, stop trying to blame everybody. You need to stop trying to But I, You know what? I, just can't, I, I'm, I can't be patient because of these kids. No, you can't be patient because of those kids. In fact, God's trying to teach you how to be patient just the way that he chooses to be patient with you when you do the things that you do. When I do the things that I do, God chooses to be patient with me. And guess what? You know what God just gave me right now? Breath. Did you know that? That's a gift. Instead of complaining, say, thank you. Thank you. choose to be patient. I thought about how much practice the Lord has, and the Lord has a sense of humor. The Lord has a sense of humor. I'll tell you how he does. Because your kids, they go in stages. Remember I talked about seasons, but then they hit a season when they put these pants on. Sometimes they're bell bottoms, right? (laughs) And you're like, right? And then they go from bell-bounds battle possibly to baggy. <laughs> Anyone ever went through that stage? Right? And some of you are going, then you missed it. Because I, my kids wore those baggy. One of my sons, the one that wears all kinds of different outfits. and You know what the Lord said? Develop patience. That's not that big of a deal. Then they go from baggy to skinny. And people get, people get, you get worked up about the exterior. Oh, I can't believe they dress that way. Who cares? They're dressed. (laughs) They don't have any clothes on. Then, you know, say something. You're naked and you're making me ashamed, all right? Then they go from that and you think that's bad, but then they become holy, right? I've worn, I've been holy before. And so the Lord is always giving us situations so we can practice our patience, practice our discipline. See, those, those things right there, they're not, they're not that big of a deal. You know what's a big deal? It's whenever they go and they flip off uh, the, the teachers. That's something we deal with, amen? When they don't respect uh, civil authority. But I want you to think about this, the reasons they don't respect civil authority. I want you to think about this. It might be because we don't model that. And we separate ourselves from other people, right? And we and we become the we become the haves and the have-nots. I talked about that in another sermon. And you've got this war going on with conservatives and liberals and all these different things. But as Christians, can I tell you we're not conservative or liberal, we're children of God. Don't get caught up in that garbage. Don't get caught up in that animosity. Don't get caught up in that hatred and all of that stuff. Raise your children to love and to walk and model the things of Christ. It changes everything. Point number two is our, our part of discipline is correction. The Lord disciplines the one... He loves in, in Hebrew that says the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone who accepts who who he accepts as his son. Sometimes as parents, we need to correct. That's not the teacher's job at school. That, that's, that's something that they should help. That's not the pastor's job at church. That's not the Sunday school teacher's job, or the student ministry pastor's job. That's our job. When a child of God is headed off the, right, the, the when he's headed off of the right path, God's love redirects us back to center. How many of you have ever been on the wrong path? How many of you have strayed off? You don't have to raise your hands, but, you know, I'll say, you know. I, there's been times that maybe I get proud. proud. There's been times that maybe I get, uh, um, uh, you know, ne- ne- negligent. Time, and can I tell you that God, because of his love, he'll always bring me back. Sometimes it's with, uh, with him disciplining me. Sometimes it's, But it's always correction. It's the same thing with our kids. When we love them, we will not allow them to keep going the wrong Amen? It's easier not to do anything. It's easier not to do... Don't, don't mess with it. Go to your room and shut the door. Don't mess with it. But that's not what they need. They need, to use, they need for us to spend time with them. They need healthy boundaries. And healthy, health, healthy boundaries, they start in the home. Now, this is important. When kids have never had healthy boundaries, this is, I'm, talking to, to, I'm talking right now, I'm going to talk right now to blended families. I'm going to talk right now to blended families. If Christ is the center of your home and you have a blended family and the other part is, does not have that, that foundation, then when the kids come into your home, they're going to see something that's foreign, But you allow the Lord to begin to develop these healthy boundaries, and they begin to grasp them, and they will see that they're needed in their lives. Because any person without healthy boundaries will be led astray. There's a way that seems right to a person. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death All of us without God we think that our way is the right way But do you notice that God's way never changes When that song that came on He is the way the truth and the life it never changes and so our children need correction. Our children need to be pointed in the right way. And we, just like our children, we need the, 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 the discipline of the Lord. And look at what the Bible says in Proverbs uh, 9, verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. Now, there's a healthy fear. There's a healthy reverence that we have for God. Amen. But it's not a fear like people are thinking. We're not afraid of God, because God is perfect love. And in 1 John 4:18, we see clarity. it says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. But there is reverence. there is respect. And that's needed. We need to have reverence for our parents. We need to have respect for our parents. Correction and discipline is not abuse. Don't abuse your children. Instead, it's a healthy, controlled, intentional method of leading children away from selfishness, harm of others, disrespectfulness, or anything else that will lead them away from God's purposes. And when we weren't walking with God, that's exactly how we live, because there's a way that seems right to a person. But in the end, it leads to destruction. If we don't correct our children, our schools end up in chaos and our cities end up in chaos. That's why Romans 13 is dedicated to a healthy submission to civil authority. You see health health healthy respect is not a personal decision, it's a biblical mandate. And I love Romans 13. It says everyone everyone must submit to the governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now, this is the Bible, this is not my words. Every authority has been placed by God, and God will, God, they will give an account to how they handle that authority. But it's all there, and he goes on. So if anyone who rebels against authorities rebe- so anyone who rebels against authorities, rebelling against authority. What God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. This is so important. Look at the words, all authority comes from God. In the home, it's ordained by him. In the schools, it's ordained by him. In civil service, it's ordained by him. Now, if someone abuses their authority, God will deal with them. But we're called to respect. I don't like the president. I'm, I'm speaking how some people would speak. I don't like the president. He's still your president. Pray for them. I don't like the governor. I don't like this person. I don't like, I don't like the 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 superintendent. I don't like the teachers. Pray for them. Teach your kids to pray for them. Teach your kids to not talk about them. Teach your kids to respect them. Because you have to respect them. But you don't know how bad they are. God will deal with that. Model something different. Last point. It's really quiet in here for some reason today. Last point. Training. Discipline comes with training. Disciple is a root <clears throat> for discipline. A disciple of Jesus is a little Christ. That's why you're called a Christian. And when people in, in, in Antioch, in, in uh, Acts, around chapter 16, when they were called Christians for the first time, it wasn't in a positive way. It wasn't like it was a positive. They're Christians. It they was people from the, the secular world calling the disciples of Jesus. They're those Christians. They're those little Christos. They're the little Christ. You're a disciple. We're all in training. And that training is called sanctification. Every day we're being made more like Jesus. Every day we're being more, be made more like Jesus. We're, we're disciples. We're being disciplined. And how many of you know that you have to submit? You cannot be a disciple of Jesus unless you submit to his authority. Lord and Savior. Not only is he your Savior, the Savior of our soul, but he's your Lord. Kurios is a Greek word, Kurios. That means he's supreme in authority. We submit to his authority. Because his ways are better than ours. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make them. That's a process. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing process as you make disciples. That's why at LWC we're intentional about growing people in Christ. The 101 is important the 201 is important. The 301 is vital, the 401 is instrumental in helping you reach your world for Jesus. Small groups incorporate all you need for healthy growth as a Christian for a lifetime. And if you put this into parenting, fathers, raise them up in the instruction of the Lord. Every minute that you spend with that you spend teaching your child is a minute well spent. And I want you to think about this. How can you expect your child to do right if you, spend, if you don't spend time teaching him what is right or wrong? Have you ever told your child, why don't you do this? Probably because a lot of times they don't know. And we teach and we teach. It's like as, us as Christians, if you're as a Christian not done the, maybe not done the things that you should have done but you didn't know, Or has it ever just clicked, and you've been doing this, you've been trying to walk this walk, and maybe you've been legalistic, or you've been, uh, you know, whatever it has been going on, and and you've got all of this, and then one day it just clicks. It's all about grace. It's about a relationship with your Father. And you're just like, man, I have this love relationship with my Father. And and because of Jesus, I I can walk, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm able to do things that I could never do before. That's because He's teaching you constantly through His love. And you get it. And think about you parenting your children. It's constantly instructing them. And when they're little, it's different instructions. When they're babies, it's different talk. I love you, buddy. I love you. I love you. I pick up my grandkids now, you know, and I say, Lord, help me. Where I missed it with my kids, let me just, don't let me waste a moment with my grandkids. Let it always be valuable. So I pick my granddaughter, a dingy dingy dingy, a dungy dongy dongy I love you. But I'm teaching her love. I'm teaching her fun. I pick up Stephen, Stephen. He said, I'm going to your house, Grandpa. I'm going to your house. I go, woohoo, yay, Stephen. Because that's what the father does with me. I'm going to your house. I'm going to spend time with the father. He goes, woohoo, yay, Jamie. Yay, you going to spend time with me. we continually teach. We continually teach. We correct. And we're patient. And we produce children and teens and adults that are going to honor God and walk in his love and in his grace. And let me tell you something. That the product of that will be shown in how they love people. Because my father, he loves people that are messed up. That's who Jesus hung out with. I should love people that maybe are not where I think they should be. Amen? Amen? And my kids, they've messed up like I messed up. And God never gave up on me. And we never give up on our kids. Father, just uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us and filling us with your grace. I, I pray for every every person that's that's in this service and anyone listening on the podcast. I pray that it, maybe we maybe if we've had parents that maybe they didn't model they didn't model the the patience or they didn't model. Correcting and instructing in a loving way, or they didn't model, uh, <clears throat> just teaching us. Lord God, I, I just pray for for us, for our hearts to be made right, for us to release that, and for us today, for us to turn, for us to allow the the perfect per- parent, the perfect dad, the perfect Savior in Jesus, and the perfect Counselor in the Holy Spirit to allow us and empower us to be parents that we could never be on our own. All of us in here, we've fallen short as parents. and I just pray, Lord God, that, that we can turn the tide. That today will be a day that that there'll be a turn. That our kids love, that our kids love turn to us. Let us love each other, Lord God. For, for that teenager that's, that's struggling right now, I pray right now, let, let your love shower him right now. Shower her. Let them know that you're real. Bring that relationship. Establish that parent relationship so that it can be established in their parents and their their lives right now. I pray for that, that blended family. I pray for that blended family right now, Lord God, the where the, the husband is struggling with a stepchild or the wife is struggling with the stepchildren and they just don't understand how to, how to grab a hold of, of maybe a better relationship, I pray right now that with your love that there'll be a, turn, a turning of the tide, that there'll be a change. Father, I just pray that you empower us as people to love other people, Lord God, for us to not be a part of the chaos, Lord, but that we'll be a part of your peace. Father, I pray for schools today. I pray for educators. I, I ask in the name of Jesus that you, that you just fill our, our communities with grace and mercy, with correction, Lord God. Let, let people see that we need correction. It's, it's healthy, Father. I'm not going to label people, Lord God, liberal or conservative. We're all people who need you. So I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would just fill this place. But, Lord God, let this place overflow into the world. Let your people make a difference for your glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and everyone said amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.